0: Hello and welcome to the Open College podcast series, or, you know, welcome back to those who have listened before. My name is Oksana and I'll be your host for this episode where we aim to discuss all things childcare and of course the importance of choosing a good quality childcare facility for your child, if you're in the market for one. For this episode, we spoke with Siobhan Brown, our earlier specialist who will be lecturing on our upcoming childcare degree. Joanne has a huge amount of knowledge and experience in the sector, and here's what she had to say when I started off by asking her what kind of research parents should do prior to picking a facility.
1: Okay, so first thing you want to do is get a list of the services that are available in your area, and the yeah. best way to get that is to contact the local County Childcare Committee. Okay. Because they will have a list of all services that are registered with TUSA. Yeah. And you yep. want to make sure that if you're choosing a service, that it is a service that is officially registered with TUSA. Mm hmm
0: yep and is there any kind of information that's available there so we like you'll go off and you'll find this list and you say i don't know silly Billy's, whatever it could be called in county to prairie i want to put my child there It looks like a great place it's handy for me to go there um how do you know that it's actually a good quality place
1: is there any kind of reports out there that you could look for um Absolutely. so inspection reports are available on the two the website so yeah. all registered nurseries are inspected by TUSA and all of the reports once they're finalized are published on TUSA's website. So you can yeah. search by area and or by the name of the service and you'll find their most recent report on the TUSA website. And how often would they normally do these um, inspections and publish reports? They are supposed to be on a yearly basis. Yeah. Um, they tend to take a little bit longer due to staff sh- sh- shortages in mm-hmm. the inspectors, um, for example, there was a, a couple of years gap between my last inspections. But having said that, they do prioritize services that maybe had a not so good inspection the last time. Mm-hmm. So if a service has been very regularly inspected, that also may be a red flag.
0: Okay. And what's the kind of main things that someone should look out for on a report? Because I know it covers a lot. Um so what are the main things that a parent should look out for? Because I know you know when you're doing this when someone's doing an inspection of a childcare center is it's, it's kind of unlikely that it's like you know it's going to come out perfect, I guess. Of course, so and there's
1: always something small, exactly. So, what could be like the big things? Um, some things, of course, are going to be overlooked, and you're not as much concerned with the technical things. Like, sometimes there might be a, a non compliance in the report that there wasn't um, two references for every staff, they might have only had one on file, but these things can go missing yeah. over the years, especially if they're long term staff. But the, the inspectors do quite in-depth sections on the quality and the service and the relationships between the children and the staff. And they are the important things to watch out for. They'll write about the everything that's available to the children, the types of activities that are taking place, um, the equipment that's available to the children. So the reports can be quite in-depth and they do focus a lot on what's actually going on for the children during the day. So they're worth the reads.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And would that, in, that inspection report be available in the crash if you're doing
1: a viewing. So, you know, it you go in should and be again, it doesn't have to be paid within the crash, but most crashes would, particularly if you're proud of your inspection report, you'd have it on display. We have ours on display in our notice board all the time.
0: Ah, oh, very good. Um, Yeah, that's just kind of thing I wanted to know because sometimes parents, if the parent can't find it, say some kind of IT issue or something, just so that they know that they can go in and they can ask, oh, can we see this or go through which and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, you can absolutely request to see the report from the service itself as well.
0: Yeah, obviously a bad, big red flag if they say, oh, we don't have it. Actually, that could be genuine sometimes, can't it? That they just might not have it.
1: Um, I'd be surprised if a service is emailed. And if you didn't have a physical copy, you should have a hard copy. Um,
0: oh, okay. you should have a,
1: you know, there should be a, an email somewhere with the report yeah. on it. Um, it'd be quite easy to get. If a service didn't have it, they should be able to get it for you quite easily.
0: Um, okay, and then, and what about a 2 registration report search? Well, should that be available in the, in the centres
1: as well? I, yes, you actually have to have your TUSLA registration are displayed in your service, so you will usually find it in the front area somewhere that it's displayed for everyone. That's mm-hmm. something that the inspectors check when they arrive. And is there any other kind of, um,
0: I suppose, not facilities, but other kind of bodies that you should register with, even if it's not necessary, but just something that's like a really nice to have? Do you know what I mean?
1: The, of course, TUSLA is the, the main one. But yes, of course. A lot of people will be registered with Early Childhood Ireland, which is a great resource for services. Yep. Um, then you'll have you see different things. There. Any service that has a lot of connections will have them displayed. So if they've taken part in say any of the Shields of Training, they'll have signs up about that. If they've mm-hmm. taken part in the Healthy Ireland Smart star program, which is a great program, you get a big disc to display in your service. Mm-hmm. So it's it is important to look at the walls and see what's on display. As yeah, well, so can ask these questions as well what kind of awards the service has or yeah so obviously the more
0: Mm -hmm. the more things like that you see around the place the better like the better the service is obviously at trying to ensure quality in their centres exactly um when it comes to staff because you just kind of mentioned briefly there earlier I think um what kind of things can parents ask to know about the staff
1: um I would definitely ask about qualifications to start with Um, You have a minimum, everyone has to have a minimum of a a full level five to work in childcare in the first place and ideally higher. I I would like to see some staff with higher qualifications within a service. Um, You can ask about the staff turnover. While it is quite high in the sector, it's still, you still want to know that there's some longevity within the staff, especially if it's a full day service that's been open quite a while, there should be some long-term staff. The less time someone is spending in the in the company the worse it is on the children with all the ter- the with the exactly. turnover Exactly for the children you know the continuity is important for them with the staff definitely not have a hue while, while like i said in childcare at the moment there is quite a high turnover but yeah. it shouldn't be you shouldn't be seeing different faces every time you come in either
0: yeah that's true and i think so one of the things maybe to note with parents is is that um even though there is a high turnover maybe not to get discouraged if you if the company is expanding um because i know that happens a lot of the time childcare, especially um Chains. I know sometimes chains get a bad name, but they do also expand. So more staff obviously comes in, but that's not something to frown upon. I wouldn't say absolutely. And in the current
1: climate, all services are hiring more to have more staff around. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's there are. You are going to see new faces in all services at the moment. I think once there's a few, or once you know, once some of the more senior staff have been there, that 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 show, That's a good sign.
0: Yeah, puts your mind at ease more. OK, and then again with the transparency thing um, that we spoke there with the staff, when it comes to policies and procedures, um, should that be readily available to parents as well?
1: Again, absolutely. Uh, most services will have a parent's handbook with all the policies available to them, and this is something that I would really encourage parents to look at, because with the policies you want to make sure that the service you choose for your child, that you're on the same level, that you have the same ideas when it comes to things like healthy eating or behaviour management. That you're on the same page as a service and that you're happy to follow their policies
0: yeah yeah definitely or what kind of behavior management should be expected in a, in a child care facility it, it should be positive
1: behavior you know um time out shouldn't be a thing or any of these naughty steps or anything like that they shouldn't yeah, exist anymore yeah. uh, it should be all very positive distraction you know talking to children depending on the age obviously um you know talking to them about what's right and wrong but you never you never want to see anyone label a child or label the you know you only label the behavior that that would be a red flag if i saw a staff labeling telling a child they were bold say as opposed to saying that that behavior is not nice
0: yeah exactly because children at that age they're so little they don't know
1: Absolutely. so they could have
0: seen it somewhere thinking that it's okay but you know it's not
1: yeah you want to be all the positive a positive note no no such things as punishments or anything like that are acceptable yeah. anymore
0: when it comes to parent parental expectations so you know I suppose there is a wide range of people. People are different. Some parents are going to be very relaxed about their children in childcare. Other parents are going to have quite high expectations. Um, How would you manage that? Because I've noticed before some parents in general, they just have and I don't know where it comes from. It probably just comes from when we were kids that the way of the kind of activities that should be implemented in a childcare setting are all very traditional. So, you know, like the maths and the languages and the reading and that all these things should be taught kind of early. Um, that's not always the case, though, with children. So what would you say? How would you say you would manage that if a, if a parent kind of has these expectations or they think that that's what's going to happen in the childcare setting? What would be kind of, I suppose, maybe the natural run of the day? What kind of activities would be
1: done? Vary from crash to crash and depending on what curriculum people are following. You know some people follow Montessori and will follow it quite strictly and yes. others follow the Steiner approach or whatever the service in particular has but the most important thing is play you know that's proven it's researched that le- children will learn through play so mm-hmm. what you really want to see is a lot of sensory activity mm-hmm. going on lots of things that they can get their hands into play-doh and sand and water that type of thing um, these all when they're measuring and you know they're playing with the sand and they're playing with jugs that they're measuring they're, they're actually developing all the basis for mathematical skills and for their language skills so they don't actually need to be taught these things until they go to school it's all about the foundations and the love of learning for a very young age you want to see lots of art activities and lots of outdoor play
0: yeah so like they have they can learn th- like you said learn through play so Absolutely. they're doing they're doing the sand and water play but they're actually learning volume from it or you know they're drawing but they're learning colors They you know primary secondary tertiary colors that kind of thing so it's it's more It's not as black and white as I think some people kind of see education for children. It's more. Yes, What's the word that you would think you
1: don't want to see in preschools. You don't want to see them being taught how to write letters or numbers like that because they can actually it can actually be detrimental to their learning. Because when they go to school, they're taught a specific way.
0: Yes, I was going
1: to have the right foundations when they go to school so that the teacher can work with that blank slate. Exactly. I was going to say that because at the end of the day, teachers
0: are trained differently to teach children to do things like that so if you teach them one way and then they have to relearn it could be very confusing at that age because at the end of yeah. the day they're going into junior infants they're only or senior infants whatever they're still
1: only little they're four maybe sometimes five so yeah that's really the play is the most is by far the most important thing and they're learning a lot more then and their social skills their social and emotional skills are the most important things before they go to school yeah they need to be able to you know manage their own stuff and eat their own lunch or put on their own coat yeah so basically get put in school
0: Exactly. So basically kind of focus on the, um, I suppose what we call in childcare is like the PILES acronym. So physical, intellectual, you know, self-language, emotional, social. Um, that should be kind of what's mo- mostly focused on rather than actual exactly. by the book curriculums. And say there's children that are, um, say there's two kids in the setting and they're siblings. Um, I know some parents sometimes might like their children to kind of especially if they're spending the, long, the like a whole day there together that they want their kids to maybe visit each other sometimes is that
1: accepted do you allow it yes we do yeah. and that is that's something that is encouraged and mm-hmm. throughout you know if you go to any training that that's that would be something that's mentioned quite a bit obviously again in the current climate climate with covid yeah. it may not be possible so people have to understand that as well because of the whole mixing with pods mm-hmm. yes definitely you know of uh, course at the moment but in general before all of this we would have let them mix in the garden time or visit it's each other during the day. You know, it is important for families to be allowed to do that, for the siblings to be allowed to see each other during the day and not be kept separate all day long. And then sleeping arrangements.
0: Um that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to bring up because I know there's um it's quite a big one, I suppose. Um so how would that be managed for I suppose babies up until
1: Yeah so you absolutely all up actually when you, you when you're viewing a nursery you want to be shown. The sleeping areas, um, they really need to, you need, there's a few things to observe, you know, maybe things that you might not ask in a service, but you can certainly observe them when you're going in. The sleep rooms, you know, they should be well ventilated. Things like watching out for the heating, the mm-hmm. space between the beds. Children under two ideally are supposed to be in cots, but of course you can have children that are closer to the two and like to climb out of the cots, but generally these, this will be risk assessed if they're going to go into a bed. They want to know that the, how often they're checked and this should all be documented. Yeah, um, and is there any
0: policies Around Absolutely um, every service should have a safe sleep policy. So, then when a parent is doing um, their inspections, so we kind of talked about you know expectations and that kind of thing, but say let's start from the start, I suppose. So, they walk into the setting, what should let's do this as a mini toothless inspection, actually? Right? So, they come in, they knock on the door, what should happen from then on?
1: Okay, so you obviously expect to be greeted professionally and friendly, yeah. you can get a vibe for the get a feeling for the atmosphere. In the nursery straight away and this is something to keep an eye on as you're going through you want yeah. to be watching the interactions not only between the staff and the children but also between the staff and the other staff members mm-hmm. you know if there's if there's any kind of tension or anything you will feel it so aware of that going in you know that you want to observe certain things there are different yeah. things that you can ask about and then things that you just want to observe we'd have an open door policy where um the parents have the code to the front door and they can walk in so they you know it kind of shows that you've not tied exactly yeah back to the transparency well, bit their, yeah. their child's room they, can get, no, they can't can at the moment but usually they yeah. can get as far as their child's room without you know without someone having to let them in or without having a child brought out I'm not a fan of um the children being brought out to the parents obviously yeah. COVID That's is definitely. different during COVID but in, in normal times I yeah. wouldn't be a fan of that because I feel like it's you know you're you're almost looking like you have something to hide even though you probably don't but I think the open door policy is very important exactly I have for who um
0: Viewing for their child, it looked very staged because obviously, you know, the parent rings, they set up a time that they're going to come do the viewing and it's like they're just putting on a show to make it look like that's how that's how she said she felt that it was just. Yeah, and
1: like, I think too I think arranged. Or something. That. I think if it's not natural,
0: you feel yeah, yeah, you should like I think specifically maybe look out for if there are, if all the children are like sitting around the table doing, you know, convenient activities. There should be like maybe a few different things that are kind of going on in the room yeah there should be choice the children should always have choice we should never be forced into doing any particular activity and what are the kind of I suppose when they're walking into a room because obviously you're going to bring the parents into the room what kind of things do you expect to see when you walk in just kind of basics I suppose should there be kind of interaction with the
1: staff member and the parent there um yeah so generally whoever is uh, usually probably a manager will facilitate the viewing but when when the parent comes into the room the staff generally would greet the parent as well and, you know, acknowledge them and talk to them. You want to be watching where the staff are as well. They should be at a child's level if they're down. You know, you don't want to constantly see staff standing over, particularly the younger children. You know, it's very important to see that they work at the children's level or if they're speaking to them they're, they're getting down to the child's level. Um, it's important to see that the the equipment in the room is readily available to the children. And again, that it's at the child's level. You really need to consider how things look from the child's perspective. So, you know, they're a lot smaller. Are things at their level? Did the staff get down to their level when interacting with them? Did Watch their lucky. interactions or, the, you know, it's it's very important to, to note that kind of thing that you have to remember that you're an adult, but your child is quite small. Well, that's it, because you kind of forget yourself, don't you? Absolutely. Um, and then what appears to them. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, and then the other thing, I suppose there should be information for parents themselves in the rooms of the of the setting. So what kind of information should they see weekly? or even daily I suppose so it should be like meal plans I suppose or you know you know
1: it it would depend on the nursery so services provide others don't if they provide meals that you would usually see your menus in advance and in a lot of services the parents provide the meals like in our own service the parents provide the meals which are they're quite happy to do because some parents prefer to decide themselves what the children eat so there's, there's different options there as well and it's something as well that if you're you know when you're looking into a service to look into but another thing about mealtimes is you want to know that the children are getting enough time to eat, that they're not being rushed. It's no harm to do a second inspection and try and have it at a different, you know, if you're viewing a service to if you're having a second viewing to have it at a different time of the day. I've, I noticed before
0: because um, I used to manage a creche a long time ago at this stage, but I noticed before that when parents came in to do viewings with me, they weren't all very, they never really did. There was, it was
1: very rare that parents would do a second viewing. It's like they didn't know that they could do that. You can view as many times as you view as many times. I can't really see why a service wouldn't allow viewings before, you know, before it's a big decision to make. That's it. That's what I was thinking, too, because that's what I'm saying. They used to
0: call and they'd ask lots of questions, but it was it's like they never said, oh, can I come again? Which was it was
1: obviously readily available. Come in and have a look again. But if they need childcare fast. You know, you have to give people that they've had, you know, that whatever childcare service they've been using or if they using Child Mind that it's fallen through and they need, they're looking for a space quickly. But I suppose they do need to remember that it's still important to choose the right place and not to rush into it.
0: Yeah, so definitely do the second viewing if you really have to.
1: Maybe at a different time of the day could also be a good idea. Yeah, and I then, think a different time of the day is a good idea to just view just to see a different time of the service. Like I said, if you happen to view it in meal time it's always good to see how that goes because again the, ch- the staff should be down at the children's levels interacting with them when they're eating and not rushing them I think is really important.
0: After all that I suppose there's also things that parents should kind of keep in mind when it comes to Asher and Shielded they're a very important piece of legislation that um, are considered daily in a child care setting um, so is there information that should be available for parents to see
1: on that in the rooms? Yeah so there should be evidence of activities depends on what type of way the service approaches it. I know some services use tablets and they might be sending pictures of activities home or details of activities home on a daily basis through that. Or a lot of places will have a journal in the room that has all that information available. Everything should be available to the parents if they want to see it. There there shouldn't be anything to hide in that. Most services will take lots of photos. I know for us, we have journals in the room with photos of all the types of activities that are done. Um, There's signs about ASTRA everywhere. ASTRA is obviously very important. It's the curriculum framework and it's flowing through everything and it's all about play uh, learning through play so that you don't know, usually would have posters on the walls. Plenty of things you want to see lots of art on the walls and you know that that's it's being done. You know the place should be bright and inviting.
0: Yeah, it should just be nice. <laughs> a nice welcoming kind of place so you feel yeah, comfortable. Should to be having
1: a the child's work around the
0: rooms. The other thing I actually wanted to bring up with you and ask is um, what's the kind of general consensus in the industry about cameras in the rooms? I know many, many years ago, I, can't, I don't know if you remember it, but the prime time expose that happened, um, and then after that, a uh, lots lots of, of uh, childcare settings start putting up cameras into their rooms. Um, I suppose maybe as a precaution or something. What's the kind of general consensus of of that now? Because
1: then that's very. I think that's very fifty fifty. I can see pluses to having cameras in, and I can also see you know some services. You know that it's a trust thing. They trust their staff, and they don't have cameras. Cameras can also protect both staff and children. In many circumstances, I don't really see a huge negative to them, as long as they're handled properly and that everything's done confidentially. That's extremely important. That you know who has access to this material.
0: GDPR thing. I think because I know some places allow you to log in through an app, and others have it there just in case maybe an accident happens. So yeah, just kind of see
1: I how. I'm not sure how I feel about everybody being able to log in and see because exactly. you, I mean, I'm sure you know yourself when you're setting children can. You know lots of things can happen during the day they could have an accident in the room um yeah. oh it's a big GDPR thing they can, yeah exactly and you just you know for the children's confidentiality i'm not sure if having everybody being able to watch them all day long is fair That's but it. again the cameras you know for certain situations they can be exactly like like the
0: accidents or something like that but in general yeah, yeah. i think there, sh- there should be some kind of privacy because i don't know if i had a child in a crash and there was access to an app i wouldn't want everybody looking at my kid
1: Exactly. So. You know, there is. And the children don't have, you know, they haven't agreed with everybody watching them. You know, exactly. I think forget that children have a voice, too. That's you it. Know, they should be included in decisions. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I would really agree with that. Um, OK, so that's kind of, I suppose, the things that you should look out for. Is there any kind of specific questions or anything else that maybe we haven't
1: covered that a parent asker should know? Um, It's probably I would I would ask about professional development for staff. Right. Um, you want to see that this is something that's encouraged and supported and mm-hmm. um, things are changing and moving all the time. And if you want the quality to be upheld, you know, the staff need to be doing regular training. Uh, like in it's the same in most sectors, professional development is, is extremely important. Um, you know, there should be plenty of there should be plenty of certs available for all members of staff. There should be absolutely someone on the premises that has first aid response trained all the time. You know, you probably want to see things like you want to see everyone trained in child protection. Fire um, safety. Yeah fire safety manual handling they're all important if you're using kitchens food hygiene important and then other things like um, diversity and inclusion or you know a lot of services will have completed the link program and have a link coordinator at the moment for inclusion and things like that so you, these are all programs that are available and you want to see that services are partaking in them.
0: Yeah definitely because the more training obviously the better quality of care that the child is going to get and they're not going to be it's it's always like childcare always changes. There's lots of things that are always introduced into it. So you want to see that the service is moving with the times rather than just kind of staying stationary to yeah, whenever they open.
1: want to keep up with best practice, then Exactly. development is a way to go,
0: you know, engaging with these courses is important. Definitely. And then I suppose one of the topics that um, is, well, it is important, I suppose, and a lot of parents kind of struggle with that I find sometimes is the financial side of childcare. So obviously fees are quite high. Um, childcare is a very expensive, um, very expensive expense that parents have monthly. Um, so what kind of help is out there? Is there some kind of um, subsidies that parents could ha- could get towards yes, childcare?
1: This has changed again in the last year or so. So now there's the National Childcare Scheme. So every parent can apply for that. You can do it online. It's at ncs.gov.ie. Mm-hmm. So there's a calculator on this. There's a universal subsidy and then there's a means tested subsidy. So you can use the calculator to work out if it's worth applying for the means tested one. It is it is a lot better than it used to be. The supports are quite higher and a lot more parents are definitely benefiting from the scheme. Um, it, It has its flaws. It is, you know, it is leaving out some areas. I know a lot of school age services are having trouble with theirs, too. You know, there is. So there is areas that need to be addressed on it. But for for preschool children, there are some good subsidies available through that especially for anyone on lower incomes and that the the supports are good definitely so just a little bit of research and kind of yeah it's all on that website you want to have a look at that website and like I said there's a calculator so you can put in all your details and you can work out exactly what you're entitled to definitely and if parents are struggling with it I suppose they can always
0: just turn to the childcare facility and the help is there from you know yeah exactly anyone who's
1: managing a service will be able to give you all the information that you need on this
0: okay grand and is there generally I don't know if this is the case or not but have you found generally that with all these um, that get introduced annually or whenever they get introduced, that childcare places tend to up their fees to suit the, um, the subsidies, I suppose, if you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah, I th- again, I think it depends. Um, a lot of services are increasing their fees year on year, mm-hmm. but it's also overheads have become more expensive year on year, so it's it's difficult to judge that. There is Some of the subsidies are quite high and may actually exceed the price of the week in some places. But again, it depends on where you live you know, if you if you actually look online at records, you know, there's certain areas of the country that are more expensive for childcare anyway than are where I am. It's it's a little bit on the lower side for the country.
0: Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, if you compare Dundrum to Leitrim, it's
1: going to be completely different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we're the same, you know, in Tipperary, it's it's not, we wouldn't compare to Dublin prices. That's but true. But you can understand why a Dublin service would have to charge more.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. So, From just discussion, um, we've had some parents that were in touch that wanted to kind of get an opinion on certain situations and how you could deal with them. So one of the questions was, um, how would a parent know or how would you yourself know if you had a child, how would you know if your child is ready for school? So
1: ready for school. Again, as I was saying earlier, it's not about what they know as far as reading or writing or anything like that. It's really about their social and emotional skills. So you want them to be comfortable with other children, adults able to interact, um, know how to share how to manage their emotions is really important. And you will see, and again, a good quality service will do a lot of work around emotional development in the last year, particularly at that, the programme I was talking about earlier, the Healthy Ireland Smart Start programme. They have a whole area around emotional development that's, you know, books and things to go with it. And it's really good for preschool children and it kind of teaches them how to identify their emotions and, you know, how to how to understand how they're feeling. and. And it's important for them to understand that it's OK to be happy, but it's also OK to be sad. Definitely. Okay. So they can feel negative emotions and so that. It's fine. Um, and I think the uh, the emotional development is really important because they need to be able to regulate when they go to school. And then you have obviously the things like being able to use the bathroom, that kind of independence, being able to manage their own lunch, um, mm-hmm. tidy up their things, you know, not lose their own things, look after their own stuff, um, mm-hmm. maybe be able to put on their coats. Those are the type of things that are the most important before they go to school. Obviously, then their physical development as well so level balance of balance yeah. and they're running and that type of thing yeah, yeah definitely all a good quality crash will focus on all of this before they go to school
0: yeah so parents shouldn't focus on the two plus two and that billy can write their name it's more on the more important things for a child like the social and the emotional
1: like you said yes exactly and yeah, the social and the emotional are the most important
0: yeah definitely um the other question we had was a certain parent got in touch to say that their child is picking up bad habits Um, from another child that's in the room and they don't know how to really approach or deal with this they know that that particular child um, has had issues before and she just wants to know how could the crush help intervene in this or help in this kind of situation
1: okay so this depends on the behaviors and also this is why it's so important to know what your what your services behavior management policy is because if there's certain behaviors that should be specifically addressed within the behavior management policy such as biting or anything like that it's very important to to know what their policy is, is it? And that, you know, you can ask, are they following their policies on us? You know, if they're using if they're using positive behavior management, there shouldn't be too many issues with behavior. You know yourself, if you have like a really
0: particularly difficult kid and you yeah. approach
1: the parents, but sure, nothing changes. Yeah, exactly. So. This is why it's important to follow your behavior management policy. They're there for a reason. And, you know, all you know, all the parents do need to work with you on it. And the behaviour mm-hmm. management policies need to be really clear, even if they do go as far as, you know, suspension or whatever it may be. That sounds strict. There does need to be a contain, you know, because at the, the end of the day, you kind of have to look out for the welfare of the normal. It has to be for everyone. Every child has to be safe and secure in the service. The, the most reasonable expectations for a parent in a crash is that your child is safe, that they're well cared for and they're happy.
0: That's it. Yep. A lot of the times parents kind of have warped, um, expectations from a child care centre. They just want loads of activities done and a really detailed report back. But sometimes it's just enough to have maybe three things that a child has done during the day, but they did them really well and they were really engrossed in it and they took away a lot from it rather than lots of things that were done quickly. And then it was just kind of pointless at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And I think parents need to remember that the ratios in Ireland are not that low. So if you're in a preschool room, you know, each staff member is responsible for 11 children. Yeah. The amount of time they have to write up on each child each day is limited. So that, actually that brings up another good point that like, even though the reports
0: um, and all the writing that they can do during the day is limited, there's so much paperwork that has to be done in the childcare setting. Parents don't kind of really know about that, that a really good thing to actually have is like a good relationship built up with the person that's looking after your children and have like the bit of, you know, have a chat with them in the morning, have a chat in the afternoon when they're getting collected or whatever it may be and build up a relationship that way. Because you're going to find out more from just having a quick chat than what you're going to get from a piece of paper. Even if it is a detailed piece of paper, you'll pick up on the
1: important between the staff and the parents. And Again, a good quality crash will have very open communication and they will put, us. if you're concerned about something, they'll put time aside to talk to you, whether it be a phone call or a meeting. You know, if you have concerns, ask about them and, you know, they need to be addressed. A service will accommodate those types of meetings and, you know, try and put your mind at ease. It's it's very important to have a good relationship with the staff that are looking after your children. What's the day-to-day to to look like throughout? um,
0: I suppose it's different for each age group but let's just go from kind of, I suppose from the babies to maybe the toddlers and then to the preschool because that kind of leaves some gaps in the middle as well but so again
1: I mean? it depends on the service and on the routine uh, a daily routine is usually available to parents kind of a general yeah. routine and you want to know that there's flexibility in the routines as well yes um, what I would like to see in a routine you want to see regular meals regular snacks as well um, so whatever their main meal times are that there are snacks in between uh, or that the children you know there's snacks available to the children if they get hungry
0: yeah, for babies that would be different though, wouldn't it? If they have, because um, babies would tend to be on different
1: routines, wouldn't they? Exactly, and that's another thing you want to, if, especially if you have a child in a nursery and they're under one.
0: Yeah,
1: I think you want to know that the service is working around your child's routine as opposed to the other way around. Yes. Fair enough. When they get to bigger rooms and they're in bigger ratios, I know you know there is set routines in those rooms. But for very young children, it's very important that the child's own routine can be followed, and this is why a settling in period is so important as well. And yes. in policy so most services again will have that for example for us we would do a week of settling in where you know on the for Monday, say the parent just comes into you for a week or for an hour sorry on the first day and yeah. um, just has a chat and starts to get to know the staff and they start to get to know your child and then they kind of go through what happens in the week and you tell them all about your child as the week goes on and all their likes and their dislikes and you know you really it gives you a chance to develop a relationship with the staff and to start to trust them before your child is in with them every day
0: I know some parents might find it very difficult to leave their child during a settling in period so I know whatever a couple of days in you could be leaving your child in for maybe two three hours or whatever it is and you go off and you have your cup of coffee I know that could be very difficult for parents but what would be the message that you give to parents there um, in that kind of
1: case it's often more difficult for the parent than it is for the child um, children are you know they're very adaptable and for them it's a new and exciting environment and things they haven't seen before and new toys to play with and mm-hmm. that so it's often I often find that it's actually it's more difficult for the parent but again like I said it's it's really important that your nursery has good communication and that they have it that you know if you want to ring in at any time of the day to check on your child that that should be absolutely fine especially yeah. when you're when you've you know you're a new parent to the service and you're just settling in your child's there should be lots of communication. Exactly, because communication equals trust, and then eventually you're just gonna drop your
0: kid in and leg it straight away, and you'll have no worries in the world. You'll just know that they're in good hands, like.
1: Exactly, and that's why that settling in period is so important. Yeah, definitely.
0: OK, um, just I suppose before we finish off, because that's kind of all the questions that we had from everybody, um, I'd like to think that we covered a lot on what, for you know, for parents um, to look for, what to ask for, what to expect. Um, online I suppose you could find a whole host of questions that you can ask um, ranging from absolutely everything. But as you said yourself, main thing to focus on is the atmosphere in the place. That's the most important kind of thing to look out for in the for the interactions between the the childcare workers and the children. I want to say everything else is, you know, secondary to that, but it's not really, <laughs> I suppose. Just the most important thing to focus on is the
1: atmosphere um, yep, and the yep, relationships. Very important and, and I think that's something that you pick up quite easily in a service, especially if you view a few different places, you'll get a feel for, and different services are, are right for different parents, That's you know, it's just, looking yeah. for two services and they could each fall in love with the two separate services, you know, it depends on what you're looking for yourself and what type of service that you're looking for, if it's got a very homely vibe or if it's a very modern vibe, you know, it really depends, you need to know what you're looking for yourself.
0: I think it's like one of those things, once you're in there, you'll just know. Exactly all right that's perfect we're going to finish it here um and if you have any any i suppose child care related questions a good source of information would obviously be the TUSLA website um the early childhood care and education website sorry the early, sorry early childhood ireland website would be a good one to look at um canvan and burn that's another good one um a whole host of information so um it's all easily easily accessible um, so Siobhan thanks for joining us for the podcast it was a pleasure talking to you because you're around all the time but I actually never had a chance to talk to you properly so it was really nice to have you here and answer all the questions that we have had. No
1: problem at all thanks very
0: much. No worries thanks Siobhan. And that was Siobhan Brown our early specialist and a huge thank you again to her for coming on to this episode and talking about the importance of good quality child care. So there you have it guys, Um, every day is a school day. I hope that was as interesting and informative to you as it was to me. I hope that you took something away from it at least. Um, So I'm going to leave it there. You can find us on all the usual podcast platforms. So just search for The Open College um, podcast series and we'll be there for you. Or you can just go to theopencollege.com forward slash podcast series for all the information there and all the links will be there as well. So thanks again for listening. Goodbye for now.